Hi, welcome to Exploring the Illusion of Free Will. My name is George Ortega, and this is episode number 139, Free Will, Why No Action Mechanism Supports It. Okay, um, we're taping this on October 7th, 2013. Okay, and the, the theme of this show is like, you know, ordinarily the refutation of free will, why free will is impossible, is because of this principle and law of cause and effect, causality, otherwise known as determinism. That simply means that, like, because everything has a cause, and therefore the causes, the causal antecedents to our every act, our every decision, our every feeling, thought, action, whatever, must regress in time, you know, cause by cause, in a causal chain of cause and effect matter to bef- matter to before we were born, before the planet was created, before the solar system created was created. Because of this causal process, actually, our decisions aren't up to us. They're up to this causal process, and we can follow this chain of cause and effect back to the Big Bang. So basically, in a certain sense, everything's up to the Big Bang and whatever might have come before. We just, you know, scientifically, we don't know what came before, but whatever came before was responsible for it. And so, like, all right, so basically that, that's the fundamental reason why we don't have a free will. But other people will say, well, not everything is caused. Not everything has a cause. They'll say that at the quantum level, things are indeterministic. Things happen that are uncaused, or things happen that are probabilistic, you know, or things, you know. Anyway, so this show is about that. This show will go through, like, why causality makes free will impossible, why a causality or indeterminism makes free will impossible, and we're going to go through three other action mechanisms. Some people say that <laughs> there's such a principle as, as cause a sweep, meaning that, well, our decisions are the cause. Cause a sweep means the cause of itself, okay? And some people say, well, our decisions are the cause of themselves. And they say that supports free will. It doesn't. Some people say that our decisions arise ex nihilo, Latin for something from nothing. How can I give you free will? All right, and we're going to go through this, right? And another thing, some people say that, well, actually, there's evidence that, like, the future can determine the present and the past. That causality not doesn't just go from past to present to future. Causality also goes from the future to the present to the past. We're going to explore that, and we're going to refute that also in terms of the defense, the defense, defense for free will. All right. Um, so let's start with determinism, causality. That's how things work. I just explained it in terms of like making a decision and following the causal chain back in time, all right? But let's start, you know, because sometimes people will say, well, you can't know what the cause was for any decision I make. You know, if you can't know the cause, how can you say it's causal? We can know the cause. We do know the cause. And here's how I'm going to explain that. Okay. The universe evolves causally. The first moment of the universe that we're aware of was the Big Bang, the singularity, the size of smaller than a pea, that comprised all of the hundreds of billions of galaxies, the hundreds of billions of stars. With each, within each of the hundreds of billions of galaxies, there was a lot of 
mass energy, stuff, condensed into this um, very small point, whatever. So the Big Bang is this explosion, and all the, um, the universe started expanding from that explosion, from that Big Bang. Okay, so like, so in other words, let's, let's take, um, let's go a few moments after the Big Bang. Let's go to, let's say, and moments are arbitrary, you know, I'm not saying there are, you know, any amount of time, but let's say the 10th moment after the universe began. Okay? Now, what was the cause of that tenth moment of the universe? Obviously, the only thing that could have caused the tenth moment of the universe was the ninth moment of the universe, because that's all that existed. I mean, like, in other words, like, you know, the, 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 the universe is evolving moment by moment, expanding. You know, you know the particles are, are moving, shifting position. So, so obviously the cause of the tenth moment of the universe is the ninth, cause of the ninth is the eighth, cause of the, cause of the eighth is the seventh, and back causally to the fundamental cause of everything, including the tenth moment, which is the Big Bang. Okay, that's causality, and that explains everything. And that, that actually explains, it doesn't ex just explain the entire state of the universe, because again, the, the universe is everything, everything that exists everything that we know to exist, and even stuff that we don't know to exist. The universe um, at the tenth moment was caused by the ninth, but the ninth, the universe, you know, it wasn't just the state of the universe at the tenth moment that was caused by the, the state of the universe at the ninth, and most fundamentally by the Big Bang event. Everything that could happen, that would have happened at that tenth moment of the universe must also be described and understood as having happened or having been caused by the, um, the previous state of the universe. In other words, the ninth state of the universe not only causes the entire state of the universe at the tenth moment, it causes everything that happens, you know, within that tenth moment, okay? So now, all right, so like, so you've got, you know, causality starting with the Big Bang, progressing moment by moment, year by year, decade by decade, century by century. Um, we're at seven, we're at, at 13.7 billion years. That's how old we, we, you know, scientists believe we are in terms of the Big Bang. That's how long ago the Big Bang was. All right, so like at this very moment of the universe, okay, and, you know, we apply this to any moment, any present moment. This present moment of the universe was caused by the previous moment of the universe, just like the tenth moment of the universe was caused by the ninth. And in that same way, this moment of the universe, in a causal manner, was fundamentally caused by the Big Bang event. Because, again, you've got this, these antecedent causes regressing back in time, moment by moment. State of the universe at one moment being caused by the state of the universe at the previous moment being caused by the state of the universe at the previous moment before that. And we know that, that this is the causality because the state of the universe is the only thing that can cause the state of the universe at the subsequent moment. All right? So, all right. So we're back to the, the present moment. And again, just as I explained with any kind of like particle event, whatever, at the tenth moment, anything within the tenth moment being caused by the entire state of the universe at the ninth moment, 
anything that happens, everything that happens at the present moment of this universe is caused by the state of the universe at the previous moment. Because again, that's the state of the universe of the previous moment is the most general, most comprehensive, most precise, most universal explanation of whatever happens the moment subsequent to it. All right, so like, so that means all particle behavior at this moment is caused by the state of the universe at the previous moment. Every decision, here's the key, every decision we make, every movement we make, every action, every feeling, anything we do, any particular specific event happening in the present moment, the present state of the universe, within the present state of the universe, was also, well, sorry, was also caused by, I had a camera change, I didn't notice it, was also caused, see, I don't have free will, I would have had a free will and known this. Any state of the universe, anything happening, any decision that's happening um, within any present moment of the universe is always caused by the state of the universe. That is the cause. That's the most accurate cause. If you're trying to say, like, you know, like, that I kind of like, I'm saying what I'm saying now because, because my neurons are firing in a certain way. Yeah, that, that's kind of accurate, but my neurons aren't separate from, you know, outside of my body and, and, and forces of like gravity and all this stuff. So like the most precise thing to say is that whatever I'm saying right now is most fundamentally, most precisely, most accurately caused by the state of the universe at the previous moment. And again, you know, and that's what makes free will impossible. That's why determinism makes free will impossible. Okay. So, um, all right. So like some say, well, you know, there's still room for free will because not everything is caused. And I hope you can see by this last explanation that everything is caused, you know, because like, you know, things don't just happen. In other words, like, for things to not be caused, that means that the state of this right now, what's happening in this universe, would have no cause, meaning that the state of the universe before it didn't exist. Okay, that's what, you know, that it's like, you know, it just happens for, for no cause at all, at all. But anyway, some people say that at the quantum level, you know, particles move about indeterministically. And here's the thing, indeterminism has two meanings, general meanings. In, in, in physics, the most technical meaning is that, like, ordinarily, in order to predict particle behavior at the, at the classical level of macro objects, you know, um, baseballs, planets, and stuff, you can simultaneously measure the position and momentum of a particle, and through that measurement, you can obtain a prediction. You can predict pretty accurately, okay? But, you know, in 1927, there was this guy, Warner Heisenberg, came along. He published his Heisenberg Uncertainty Principle that states quite correctly that at the quantum level, you can no longer, at least subjectively, we as human beings with apparatus and all, we can no longer simultaneously measure the position and momentum of a particle, and what happens when we try to do that? For example, let's say we're measuring an electron, okay? Let, I'm, I'll, I'll go back to the macro thing. If we want to measure the position and momentum of a baseball, we'll fire some, some photons or something at it, and, you know, they'll bounce back, and we'll detect them and all, and we'll, we'll be able to, like, 
know where the position is and know how fast the baseball is going and in what direction, okay? Because, like, the photons are so small, they're not going to affect the trajectory of the baseball, okay? But when you get to the quantum level, you've got, let's say you're, you've got an electron and you're trying to measure it with a photon so you, or a, a stream of photons. What happens is, like, you can measure the position of the electron precisely by firing a proton or several or, or, um, photons at it, right? That'll give you the position. But since the photon and electron are relatively similar in size, that photon is going to knock the um, electron into a different trajectory. It's going to change its momentum, its direction and velocity. So you no longer have the position. You know, to the extent that you gain the position, you lose information about the momentum. Now, there is a way to kind of like fire photons or, or particles that have a very long wavelength. <clears throat> They're not going to impinge upon the, um, the electron enough to change its momentum, but, and in that way, they can reveal, I mean, to change, they're not going <laughs> to, they're not going to impinge upon the electron enough to change its uh, position or, or its momentum, right? But, and because like, they're not going to, they're not going to knock it off into a different tra- trajectory. But, if if you use these longer wavelength photons or particles, you're not going to be able to know where that electron is. All right. So so basically, what I'm trying to say, you can't in the quantum world simultaneously measure the position and momentum of a particle. Some scientists, based on that and some other phenomenon, quantum phenomena, we don't really understand. Like for example, like there could be um, a particle that's entangled, that's kind of like connected. You split a particle, one part goes like out in one direction and the other part goes out into another direction. They could be like billions of light years away, you know, on opposite sides of the universe. (coughs) And like they have some kind of instantaneous communication. It's called entanglement. We don't understand it. But some people say that because of the Heisenberg uncertainty principle and because of like things like entanglement we don't understand, that behavior at the quantum level is uncaused. I want to, it's indeterministic. Again, I want to get back to this, this um, definition of indeterminism because it has two meanings. In physics, in quantum physics, it simply means that because you can't simultaneously measure the position and momentum of a particle, you can't use classical or Newtonian mechanics to predict the behavior of that particle. You have to rely on probabilities, okay, on quantum probabilities. Now, how do you derive these quantum probabilities? What they do is, like, since they can't measure the position and momentum of a single, single particle, they can, however, measure the position and momentum of groups of particles. So they'll, they'll perceive a group of particles you know, moving, and they'll, they'll determine their position and momentum, okay? And they'll do this like hundreds, thousands of times. So you have this data set, okay? And from this data set, they will derive the mathematical probabilities that a certain particle within that group will be at a certain place at a certain time in the future. That's how you make quantum prediction, okay? So that's indeterminism in quantum physics. It simply means that you can't use classical mechanics to predict um, particle behavior at the quantum level, okay? But in philosophy, indeterminism has a different meaning.
Indeterminism means that something is happening that is not caused, okay? And some actually, some physicists believe that because of the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, particle behavior is not caused. And that's what we're going to, all right, first of all, I'm not even going to try to refute that, that something could happen uncaused. I mean, I think I, I refuted it basically with the causal, the state of the universe explanation of why things happen. But for the matter of free will, even if we would accept that some things happen in the universe at the quantum level uncaused, and that would mean that perhaps our human decisions, actions happened uncaused, that provides absolutely no defense for a free will. Because if our actions, if our decisions, if what we do, think, feel, say, don't have causes, okay, they can't be caused by us. They don't have a cause. They're not caused by us. They're not caused by the universe. They're not caused by God. They're certainly not caused by our will. They're not caused by free will. Okay? So, all right. So now we've got two of the... And these, like, these action mechanisms, are, you know, there's only five that I can conceive of. There may be others that you can conceive of, but, like, no action mechanism. An action mechanism, um, I should have defined this before, is a way that explains why something happens, how something happens. All right? So causality, determinism makes free will impossible. A causality or indeterminism makes free will impossible. Some people, as I mentioned before, claim that some things can happen in a self-caused manner. They cause themselves, causa sui. This, um, it's Latin, yeah, causa sui is, is Latin for, you know, cause of itself. And this the way this term came about is like they were trying to understand, well, like, if God made the world, you know, what, what made God? And the answer was, well, God made itself. If we want to apply it to the Big Bang, if, if the Big Bang created this universe, what made the universe? Some people would say, well, the, the Big Bang caused itself. Okay, now... Perhaps, perhaps God caused himself, herself. Perhaps the universe caused itself, the Big Bang. But after that, after that initial moment of the Big Bang, after God created creation, whatever, everything else has to have a cause. Okay, that's the thing. But again, so like, let's, I mean, more directly, if we want to, like, let's say we want to accept, all right, we accept some things are the cause of themselves. And so, like, if we make a decision, this decision was the cause of itself. Think of what I just said. The decision, the action, caused itself. Okay? Just like with the a-causality. If we're saying that the decision caused itself, it wasn't caused by God. It wasn't caused by the Big Bang. It wasn't caused by us. It wasn't caused by our will. It wasn't caused by our free will. The decision caused itself. <clears throat> That's why causes we is not um, any kind of a defense for free will. Some people will assert the fourth action mechanism that's been proposed that um, our free will decisions happen ex nihilo. Then, you know, something from nothing. They just, you know, they happen. It's, it's very similar to, to not being caused, to cause a sui, but it's like, you know, First, we have, we have a decision, and it just came from nothing. Okay? Sometimes they try to describe the universe as having evolved this way. Like, before the Big Bang, some people say there was nothing. 
I don't know. I think that question transcends logic. How do you, how do you know? What is nothing? I mean, nothing, you know, how can something come from nothing? But anyway, that's the thing. Like, so, like, if, let's say we, we give these people the benefit of the doubt who are claiming that our free will decisions arise ex nihilo, if that were the case, we're not nothing. We're human beings. Our will, our mind is not nothing. So you can't say that, like, claiming that our decisions arise ex nihilo or something from nothing means that we are freely willing the decision. No, that if a decision is arising from nothing, nothing can explain it, including a human will or a human being. Okay, we've got about seven minutes left. We're, we're doing well on this, I think. We're getting through it. Okay, um, the last kind of like action mechanism some people propose is a um, possible way to explain free will is um, some people will say, well, you know, some events in the future can actually cause or determine things in the past. Now, I don't, I don't think that's ever been demonstrated scientifically. In science, there's something known as the arrow of time, meaning that like things will always progress from the past to the present to the future. There's never been a known violation of this arrow of time. Some people will claim, well, certain equations, certain quantum equations are symmetrical in that they work equally well if you go forward in time or if you go backward in time. But I'd have to say that that's, that's just the math. In other words, like mathematically, you can, you can subtract 2 from 1 and get a negative 1, right? But try doing that with apples. Try subtracting two apples from one apple and, and getting a, a physical entity as a negative apple. No, negative apples don't exist. This symmetry applies to the numbers. It doesn't apply to the reality. So basically, yeah, you just have like the universe going from the past to the present to the future. It really doesn't ever, it can't, to the best of our knowledge, you know, have this causal chain that goes from the future to the present to the past. But again, let's let's say it did. Let's say there was some something, you know, as you know, this causal chain that starts in the future and and leads to the present. Well, let's apply it to to human decision. So we're saying the future, you know, this causal chain of events that start in the future is, is um causing our decision. Basically what we're saying is the things that that, w- that would happen after we've died, after we're no longer at, on the planet, after the planet no longer exists, after the sun is burnt out, you know, far away into the indefinite future. We're saying that indefinite future is causing our decisions because, it's again, it's a causal chain. And just like I explained it in terms of like starting with the Big Bang, we can start it with, you know, the eternal future and go backward in time. And again, that still leaves no room for free will. Okay, similar to this, some people claim, well... Our decisions are spiritual. They're numinous. They um, they don't abide by the laws of nature, but they do. And, and I'll explain why. Okay, basically, if you make a decision, you're making that decision in a precise moment in time. Okay, and um, as time explain, as Einstein explained, time cannot exist outside of space. 
and space cannot exist outside of time. Okay, like you can't have time without space, you can't have space without time. And what Einstein explained is that actually they're one entity. He called it space-time. All right. So essentially, like if space needs time, and space is kind of like an entity that that requires time, and space is governed by the laws of nature, then obviously time has to be governed by the laws of nature. So any any decision that you describe as taking place at a precise moment in time, therefore, is physical, is governed by the physical laws that work within space-time, that apply to space-time. Because again, space-time is all there is. When, when we're measuring, you know, it's, it's mass, energy, particles, mass, you know, matter moving through space-time, whatever. But but that's what that's our that's what our universe is. So again, you can't really get away to, with defining um, a decision as being quote unquote spiritual or immaterial or non-physical, and believe that will you know somehow allow that decision to transcend the laws of nature, you know, the causality, the fundamental physical laws of nature, because again, those decisions would have to take place within a precise moment in time. And once the decision is in that universal timeline, that objective timeline that goes from the Big Bang to the present moment and onto the indefinite future, then therefore it's a part of space, it's part of the universe, it's a part of the space-time that is governed by the laws of physics and by causality. <clears throat> all right, so, all right, I hope you understand now why... Um, Causality or determinism makes free will impossible. Why indeterminism or things happening uncaused, acausally, if it existed, it would make free will impossible. Why describing a decision as causing itself, causa sui, would also make free will impossible. Why defining a decision as coming from nothing, something from nothing, would also make free will impossible. And finally, why suggesting that the future creates the present, this retro-causality, you know, that also makes, that, that's not going to um, defend free will. That's not going to help. So, and again, so, so essentially, that's why free will is absolutely, categorically, irrefutably impossible. It's not an opinion. You know, this is at the most fundamental, you know, what I was describing before about this causality, it's a priori knowledge. Causality is a priori. It doesn't require quote-unquote evidence, scientific method, because it is a, a level of reality so fundamental. As a matter of fact, scientific method, the same cause, same, same effect principle by which we ascertain scientific knowledge, it requires causality. So anyway, I hope you understand why free will is absolutely impossible. I'm going to be back in other shows. This is show 139. Okay, next show I get into um, an article that um, this psychologist Roy Baumeister had in Slate.com, and then I'm going to be doing, you know, more than one episode on that. And I'll just be, you know, explaining more and more why free will is impossible. Keep repeating it because, like, basically, you know, with Darwin, it took took years for people to understand this. So they, it may take years to understand this. So thanks for watching. I'll be back next time with more ways to help you understand why free will is impossible and why this subject matters very much. Appreciate you watching. Thanks.